I hope you enjoyed that piece. That was good. That was good. Well, here we are, first Sunday of December. Can you believe it's this year's almost over? What a year. What a year. This Sunday is the last Sunday that you can order flowers for Christmas Eve. So uh, Nancy is going to pick them up this coming week. So if you want to order any, see her after worship and uh, get your order in because this is it. Uh, <clears throat> we, want to, we want to have uh, the sanctuary looking nice as it always does for Christmas Eve. It's always nice. And if you have never been to a Christmas Eve service, please come. It is really special. It is really nice. And uh, it's no better place to be on Christmas Eve than in God's worship house. things about Christmas Eve service. Um, we're, we're trying to build what that service will be. Um, one of the things that is uh, something of an issue that I call you to pray for, and uh, that is um, to what extent uh, we can find an organist, and we're looking toward uh, Ryan Art. Uh, from the West Green Tree Church, uh, whether or not he would be able to play the organ, at least to some extent, for that service. Um, that remains to be seen, and uh, so it's that, uh, that conversation needs to happen with him, and especially since he's still recovering. Um, I would like to give the congregation a heads up on this, that we may... To if Ryan is willing to consider that, playing the organ for us on Christmas Eve, to, um, to accommodate him, it may be necessary to go a little bit earlier as our start time or a little bit later as a start time just to let everybody know that that is a possibility, that 7 p.m. is not cast in stone, <laughs> you know, that this, this may well, well, we'll sort of do what, what's necessary on that. Um, the other thing that we're sort of uh, talking with Nancy about and, and others is the whole thing of doing a, a little tableau, which is a, a, um, a manger scene without speaking parts, but with a uh, a red narrative that goes with the story and having uh, especially younger people <laughs> act out the parts. Um, we, we see the opportunity of a, of a couple children uh, that may, may not be here next year because of their father uh, taking on a new congregation uh, and maybe taking advantage of that. Uh, anyway, if you're interested in helping out with that, uh, tableau, if you think that's a good idea, uh, let us know, let Nancy know, or Karen, or or whoever, um, and, and we'll work that out. Um, anything else on Christmas Eve? We will be having both a bread and cup communion, similar, similar to our last bread and cup uh, communion, um, and also a candle lighting uh, that evening. 
uh, just to sort of give you a picture of what we're working on, right? Like I said, it's it's a special time. We we have a a really good time with that. I think that's all the uh, announcements we have. Um, so we'll go to our Advent reading. And I think Miss Elaine is going to do that for us. This morning I'm reading from Luke 1, verses 5 through 25 and 57 through 66. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Obijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the king, Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But there were, they were childless because they were both very old. Once when Zacharias delivered, excuse me, Zacharias' division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring many of the people of Israel back to the Lord their God, and he will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked, How can I be sure of this? I'm old. My wife is well along in years. The angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to tell you this good news. And now you will not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak, and they realized he had seen a vision. For he kept making signs to them, but remained speechless. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. She said, the Lord has done this. He has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace. When it was time for Elizabeth to deliver, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zacharias. But his mother said, no, he is to be called John. They said, no one among your relatives has that name. And then they made signs to his father to find out what he wanted to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were amazed, and throughout Judea, people were talking about all these things. 
everyone who wondered about it asked, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand is upon him. The word Advent literally means coming. The first Advent was Christ coming as a baby to this world. And the second Advent is when he returns to the world as the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. <clears throat> How important it is for us in the midst of our busy holiday activities just to stop and realize that we are in the Christmas season. These candles remind us to keep our hearts attention on him. Be alert. Don't be distracted from your personal relationship with him during this Advent season. Our theme this year is witnesses of the first Advent, what they saw and what they said. Today we focus on the witness of Elizabeth and Zechariah, what they saw and what they said. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that we are surrounded by a great cloud of unseen witnesses. There are all the witnesses of our faith that have gone before us, but some scriptural witnesses of Advent are often overlooked. Such is Elizabeth and Zechariah, yet they are very much a part of Advent. The most fascinating part of the Advent story is how our Heavenly Father chose to set aside the normal laws of nature to accomplish the amazing work of redemption. Everything he did was beyond normal. God intended to make the advent of his only begotten son stand out as special, beyond normal. As we have seen, God used the words of the Old Testament prophets to make it stand out as special. And when the fullness of time came, God went far beyond the normal and indeed made it stand out. An elderly couple has a baby, and a virgin has a baby. Angelic messengers show up all over the place to help people understand just what is happening. Elizabeth and Zachariah were a very elderly couple, well beyond normal childbearing age. <clears throat> An angelic messenger appears to Zachariah and tells him he is to be the father of a special child and to name the child John. Now this was so not normal that Zachariah has a very hard time believing what he hear, is hearing is real. Seeing an angelic messenger is not enough for him. So God helps Zachariah in his unbelief and causes him to be unable to speak until after the child is born, as though to say, Zachariah, take your time and meditate on the power and greatness of God and believe. Well, guess what? Zachariah's wife, Elizabeth, does conceive in her old age, and she knows that God is doing something special. She knows it is happening to her. She knows and believes so much so that when the baby is born and everybody wants to name the baby after his father, she says, no, uh-uh, he's going to be called John. She believed the baby was special. And when Zachariah agrees that John is the baby's name, that act of faith is enough to give him back his voice. He too believed the baby was special. And the final witness is that Zechariah believed, Elizabeth believed, and the neighbors and all of Judea believed. The witness of Elizabeth and Zechariah is that they believed God does special things. Dear Christian, do you know that the Advent season is about our Father? 
dear, uh, in heaven doing very special things? Do you know that your redemption is something special? Indeed, redemption is something far beyond normal. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, during this Advent season, help us to turn our hearts, focus our attention, adjust our priorities, soften our attitudes, and in every way prepare ourselves for Christmas. May we be eager to hear the old, old story, even the parts of the story that are sometimes overlooked. And may we find great joy in celebrating you well beyond the normal. Do something very special, and you brought us to great redemption in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please stand and sing the opening hymn with us, hymn number 132. Joys and concerns, and I think one of the joys that I have is that Megan's playing the piano for us. I think that's a real joy. That's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Let's give her a hand. And, and she did her own thing with it, and that's great. I love it. I love it. She's, man, oh, days. Yeah. We're blessed. We are blessed. Sharing our joys and concerns. Christine, do you have any updates that you need to share with us? Just one. Okay, let me get my, oops, I threw my stuff on the floor. Excuse me. Let me get my Halloween mask on here. Uh, yes, all the updates have been made on our prayer guide and some additions and things. So follow your prayer guides very strongly. And uh, an addition is our daughter and son-in-law, Nancy and Scott Bolts, who have both been diagnosed with COVID. And Nancy, I mean, has been going all these months through working at the med center, being an x-ray tech. You know, it's been quite a haul. And she has been safe till now. And it's like uh, she is more sick. Scott just learned that he, his test came back positive, that he is, has COVID also. But Scott has a lot more high-risk issues, and pulmonary thrombosis is one of the things. Uh, has trouble with blood clotting and things. Scott, uh, Scott's health has not been good for the last five, six years. He's been on, he's on permanent disability. Scott's had back surgery and whatnot, so uh, his his whole body gene is not good through the men in his whole family. So now we pray that Brandon does not get this. Brandon's also in the same household, their son. So, and Brandon's 26 years old. It's like, oh boy. But it's just been very sad when it starts hitting your own family. Not that we don't care. We're concerned about all these people. And it, I'm, I'm hearing every week now, I'm getting two or three names yeah. that yeah. they're diagnosed with COVID. And it's just yeah. becoming a bad. So we can't lose hope. And we keep our faith, and that's what the Lord wants us to do. It's very hard. But we will do that, and I just pray that these people don't get hospitalized or get worse than what they are. I mean, just like with Ryan Arndt, as an example, he had it, and he was in the med center for a few days. 
but he is doing quite well. And my last report, which Eleanor had told me, because she talks to him more than I do, and uh, he, he plans to get back to normal by tomorrow, I think, with his, his uh, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's doing quite well, because his mother had it, uh, both brothers, grandparents, but all through the family. So it's really becoming rampant. Yeah, once one person gets it, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it spreads. Anyone else like to share? Nancy? Just asking prayer for Joel, our brother-in-law, Elwood uh, Fawn Miller. I did tell a few when I talked to Goldie, but Elwood's been weak. He's been in and out of the hospital. He has uh, atrial fibrillation, and they gave him two units of blood this past week, but he remains weak. He's using a walker, so he's going to get for testing to find where he's losing the blood. So I'm just asking if we could pray for Elwood. And also, I noticed in my directory, Charles Miller had a birthday November 22nd. I know it's two weeks past his birthday, and we don't get to see him, but maybe we could send him a greeting anyways, just thinking of him. Okay. All right. I know we have Earl back here, but... Yeah, yeah. Harriet? I tell him, but he don't listen. <laughs> I want to give an update on Rod. They didn't find anything other than he has this infection on his lung. He still has his cold. And uh, this infection grew, and they're going to do a biopsy on it. So uh, keep praying. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Pat, Mom, no updates? So COVID's evident there too, okay. Yeah, that's tough when it gets into a retirement center. How about it, Joyce? Is everybody safe at the home? Yes. Good. Good, good, good. That's good. Anyone else? Um, just Joan and Jerry Hatfield. Um, that's my daughter-in-law's um, grandparents. They both tested positive for COVID. They have been able to stay home. Um, I know she posted on Facebook yesterday that they're doing pretty good. Um, she did say that um, Jerry said his legs felt like they weighed 100 pounds. So um, just keep praying for them, please. Oh, sorry. I just have a joy that I have three granddaughters, because I love my grandchildren more than anything in the world, but I have three granddaughters uh, that have birthdays this week, one on the 11th, one on the 12th, and one on the 13th. Oh my so <laughs> we are blessed with little girls to celebrate this week. Oh my. All <laughs> right, great. three of them. Wow. That's a really good yes, I <laughs> think. I talked to Stanley's brother's wife last night, Esther, and two days ago she had a video meeting with her husband, and I guess the first area that he was in in nursing care at Messiah Village, that is all 
empty because they are moved to the other part. But they told her that she should say her goodbyes because he's not eating and drinking and it's just a matter of hours until he's not with us anymore. And he had the COVID, but he was in nursing care like nine months before. So we need to pray for her. They have no children for her. Anyone else? Pastor Sandy, do you have anything? That... Okay. Oh, Joel, I'm sorry. I didn't see you. Okay, with this election thing going on, I think we should be in prayer for our congressman in Pennsylvania because they actually have the, the authority to override the uh, confirmation of the certification of the president and they can actually override that and there's going to be a lot on their shoulders and I think prayer would be just extremely important for them and that they would do the right thing you know yeah. that that's the, that's really where it's at that yeah. they would be God would be with them as they consider this yeah absolutely what turmoil Doc, I was, I was just over there. So just in talking about, well, sharing about Ryan and his hymn sings, this was the last email he had sent out um, that he's looking forward to resuming live um, Monday night hymn sings this Monday at seven. But then the, he's doing um, all different themes through the month of December. Uh, so tomorrow night, December 7th, is a festival of carols. December 14th is Christmas through art. And actually, quite a few years ago during Bible school, we had this gentleman, Dave, is it, I'm not going to know, know if I'm pronouncing it right, Weiss or Weiss, um, and he's going to do a painting while they sing. And he, he actually, at, at Bible school, did that. He did different themes, you know, different, different paintings each night, and then at the end he did one. So that... Okay. Um, yeah, and actually, I think he might have been at camp meeting as a mm -hmm. for the kids there doing something. Um, Weiss. Okay. So yeah, he takes a blank canvas and creates a piece of art by the conclusion of he'll do that by the conclusion of the hymn sing. Um, and then December twenty first is a candlelight Christmas, um, and they want. He, the, I'm going to just read it. We want you to join us in candle lighting. So West Green Tree will provide you with a candle if you are interested. And Ryan is saying he will personally deliver candles to you, socially distanced, of course, so you can participate. So you need to, like, you can reply to his email, or some of you are, he's on Facebook, I'm sure, and you can let him know. Um, but he, uh, yeah, as long as you're within an hour or so of Elizabethtown, he will deliver your candles prior to the hymn sing. Uh, that's a lot. So I'm like, yeah, prayer, prayer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then December 28th um, is is titled The Gift, and as the Christmas season winds down, um, they'll sing songs reflecting the gifts of love, joy, peace, etc. So, yeah, I just thought I'd share that with all of you.
Let's come together in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to come here this morning. Thank you for the love that this congregation shows for everyone. Thank you for the love that is between the congregational members. Lord, we've shared a lot of, of concerns this morning. Individuals who may not be with us much longer. Individuals who are still going through testing. Individuals who have contacted this, uh, contracted this COVID disease. Everyone needs your help, Lord. All these individuals who have health issues certainly need your great healing touch. And whatever your healing touch is, we have faith that you know what is best. We know that you have a plan, and we will just turn everything over to you. Lord, that's, that's the best that we can do. It's to trust and obey. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we do pray for, for various people throughout the world, and we especially pay, pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are Christians. And as our bulletin says, we pray especially for Christians in Brazil, China, India, Syria, Nigeria, North Korea, Russia, Sudan, Middle Eastern nations such as Iraq. And we pray extra hard for those in Nigeria. Lord, we have one young lady who was kidnapped from her family by the Boko Haram, Rebecca Luca. And we have no idea where she is, whether she's still living, whether she is returned, whether she is still in captivity. But we pray, Lord, that she and others like her would be reunited, not only with her family, but with you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for hearing our prayers for these Christians throughout the world. So much persecution. And at this time of the year, we think strongly about the blessings that you have given us. And we want to share those blessings with other Christians and those who are not Christians. Lord, help us and help them. Thank you. And we pray also, Lord, for our, our government. Great responsibility on our, our government, our government officials, especially with this election the turmoil and, and the suspicions that are flying through the, through the political situation. Lord, we know that you have your hand in everything. And we know that you will, will give the direction that is necessary for those individuals who are involved. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can trust in you to do and follow through with your plans. Thank you, Lord. Lord, help us as we go into our Christmas season. Thank you for individuals who are praying and, and participating in our worship services through our Advent readings and also those individuals who will come forward in the future. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for them. Thank you for their faith. And most of all, Lord, thank you for your, our Savior, Jesus Christ. What a blessing. What a blessing that Jesus is to us and all the world. Thank you, Lord. And this is whose name we pray these things in. Our Savior, our Messiah, 
our coming King, Jesus Christ. We pray, amen. It helps me see better since I don't have a light on the on the pulpit. Some pulpits have lights and some pulpits, this is a non-light pulpit. A couple things uh, before uh, we get to the message. Um, First off, the last Sunday of December, which is the Sunday after Christmas, uh, will be Pastor Ryan's last sermon uh, before uh, taking on his uh, commitments at East Fairview. Um, and as I understand, there, we are planning uh, something of a reception after that service uh, for Ryan and his family, sort of a farewell. Um, and, and the fact that he preaches that day is intentional. <laughs> I could see this coming back in, when was it? <laughs> Uh, I could see it way back, uh, probably at least in October, that we needed to have him preach the last Sunday that he's committed here because you know where he's at today. You do, don't you? I knew this back in, in, in November that that's what he was doing. Karen and I talked about it on, our, on the way home from church. He says, you know, Ryan and his family weren't there. I bet they're at East Fairview. Well, so he let the he let the cat out of the bag the next week and said and something he said to me, and I go, well, you know, if I were you, I'd I'd do the same thing. I'd start making building that connection, fulfill the fulfill the commitment he has here to preach every other Sunday, but also start start make, you know they're they're asking for sermon titles for, from him. Uh, like in for April, you know, January, February, March, April, and and they're designing their Sunday school curriculum around his sermon titles, you know. So he goes, yeah. Now what do I do? <laughs> so I go, yeah. I've been there. I've done that before. Uh, anyway, uh, just to say uh, farewell to him and his family. And to, uh, as a way of saying thank you to him, uh, almost, almost two years, all right, almost two years, uh, it, it, one month shy of two years, all right, and I personally appreciate uh, his work and his ministry. Um, the other thing that crossed my mind is we were praying about Nigeria. And, and I have some friends. I've never been to Nigeria. We came that close before the, before this virus thing happened. We were scheduled to go to Nigeria, Karen and I. And that all those plans fell through when, when the virus shows up. Um, we got a bunch of friends over there. And, uh, and know something about the work that they're doing. There's about a half million uh, brethren members, brethren believers in Nigeria under the EYN, which is the, the Nigerian counterpart of the Church of the Brethren. 
uh, but not, not at all connected uh, structurally. They are separate. Um, anyway, of that half million, a lot of those are in the north, northeastern part of Nigeria, all right? But they, they've been doing tremendous uh, mission outreach, home mission thing, starting new churches. I, one of my friends, is uh, he designs church buildings for over there, you know, and they put up concrete walls and then a, some kind of truss a rafter structure overhead and sort of real basic. He says, you know, the main problem is we plan these churches, we build the churches and they're already too small. By the time they get them built, they're too small. You know, so they're, they're really challenged. On any given Sunday, like today, as far as I know, far as I know, this has not changed with, with the COVID-19 thing. Um, on any given Sunday, there's like 1.2, 1.3 million people wor worshiping under the, the EYN banner. And they, they are they're really uh, reaching out to a lot of the surrounding territory. One of the areas that they are... Um, strongly involved in outreach ministry is the country to the north of Nigeria, which is toward the Sahara Desert, is uh, a country called Niger. Okay, there's Nigeria, and then north of Nigeria, across the northern part of Nigeria, is Niger. And southern Niger, northern Nigeria, and, they, and the brethren have been up there uh, you know, making converts left and right. Uh, well, that's where a lot of the persecution is right now. Um, uh, killing some some of the brethren up there, uh, burning their buildings down, and so forth. Uh, so just keep uh, keep praying for them. They appreciate your prayers. We, you know, uh, Musa Mambula, uh, who is who is uh, head of their denomination for a while. Um, he, he told me, he says, oh, the people over there appreciate Americans praying, praying for them. You can never, for their situation, you can't pray too much, all right? So uh, God honors. You, you honor the Lord, God will honor you. And you, got, you honor the Lord in praying for the Nigerians, and God will honor you. And uh, so pray, pray for the Nigerians and... Uh, Praise God for them. Uh, praise God that there's, they have a, a fire for uh, reaching converts for the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, proclaiming that gospel, gospel of salvation. All right, let's, uh, let's go to uh, Luke, and I'm going to reread in a little bit different translation, not that it's any better or any, better or any worse, but it's what I'm used to. <laughs> uh, New King James of Luke chapter 1, and read a portion, reread a portion that has already been read at the beginning of this service, um, just to sort of let it sink in. Uh, a little bit more, perhaps. 
to say it again and, and with different, a few different words. And um, so let's uh, pick up Luke chapter 1, verse 11. It says, uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. That's Zacharias. By the way, Zachariah and Zacharias, same person, same name, uh, just depending on if you're coming out of the Greek or out of the Hebrew. All right. Uh, Zacharias is the old King James word, uh, Zacharias with an S. Uh, angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zacharias, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So you got there in the temple. Uh, have you ever been there? No, they tore it down, I guess. Um, but I can see it. I can see it in my mind. Uh, so there's a huge altar outside. Uh, huge. And it's, it's but the, where, where you burn, uh, the, the sacrifice is above head height. And there's a ramp up to the one off on the left side going in. Up the left side, there's a ramp uh, to take you up your offering, your burnt offering uh, before the Lord. Behind that altar are two big doors into the building. This, this, the out, this other altar is outside, okay? And you've got blue sky up there or it's raining or whatever, <laughs> the weather that day. When you go in, there's another smaller altar on the inside and this is where Zacharias is here. He's on the inside of the temple He's come through those doors. He's the only one in there, okay? And everybody else is outside, either near the, the, um, the, the, uh, the outside altar, I'll, I'll say it that way, or around the edges, all right? There, so there's, there's a space out there for, what, a couple hundred, maybe a thousand uh, to be as standing out there. And uh, so they're all out there, and he's in there. And Zacharias uh, saw the angel, verse 12, and he was troubled, and fear fell upon him because he had heard all the stories about how if you see an angel, you're just, gonna, you're just good as dead. <laughs> Everybody said that, you know. And that's why these angels are saying, fear not. <laughs> that's the first thing an angel, before he says anything else, the angel says, you know, fear not. Uh, the angel says, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And that, if you go back into the Aramaic and into the, uh, uh, yeah, sort of the, the street language of the day, which was not Hebrew, it was a Hebrew relative language uh, uh, but but John and you take that through the Greek to get it into English and it means what beloved and uh, this angel is promising that this is going to be a beloved son he says you will have joy verse 14 joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth not only will you be happy, Zacharias, there's going to be a lot of people that are glad for the birth of this child. Uh, verse 15, he will be great in the sight of the Lord. 
not just in the sight of people. In the great, he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And uh, here's a part that some translations uh, leave out. Uh, he says, and shall drink neither wine or strong drink, which means he would be Nazarite. He would, he would be consecrated unto the Lord in a very special way. Uh, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. He will uh, turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go, also go before him in the spirit, in the power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And that is uh, uh, back in Malachi, talks about that. And the, uh, the obedient, uh, disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And so all of this is what? Preparing for the coming of Messiah. And you know his name, the Lord Jesus. Okay. Preparing so that when Jesus comes, at least there are some. Will everybody? No, not everybody. Not by a long shot. But that there would be some that would be alert and said, you know what? I think God's doing something and I think he's doing it in our day. In our day. Uh, verse 18, it says, Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man. And my wife is well advanced in years. Yeah, she's old too. <laughs> He's old and she's advanced in years and that might have been just a, a polite way of saying, yeah, my wife is old. <laughs> and, and so how old is old? That, down in Haiti, anybody over 40 is old. I, I, I saw one man that was 60 down Every day I was down there, they was burying somebody. A lot of people died because they don't have ability to re relate to health care. So how old is old? We, well, we don't, we're not real sure, but old. By the way, how many here are under 60? Hold up your hand if you're under 60. One, two, three, four, five, six, six. The rest of you are old, and I think I'm talking to the right crowd. Isn't that right, Paul? I'm talking to the right crowd. Zacharias, Elizabeth, they're old. Yeah, how can we have a baby? How can, by the way, if, if, you're, if you're 78, let's just say that she was 78. Now, how in the world can you have a baby when you're 78? How, could, how, how can that happen? Yeah. Ignore the wisecrack in the front row. <laughs> what does it take? It takes a miracle where God operates outside the regular, normal rules of nature. But do you know, can your God do that? Hey, I talked with a pastor one time. This is pastor in another denomination. 
But he says, you know what he told me? He says, I don't believe any of the miracles in the Bible. And I go, yikes. And I just said, I think you've got a small God. If your God can't do miracles, if your God doesn't do miracles, you've got a tiny little God. You need to trade that God in for a bigger God, dear friends. And if so if, if your heart wants to doubt what's in the scripture, whether it's opening the Red Sea or whether it's Balaam's donkey talking or whatever it may be, you trade in the God that can't do that to a God that can and does the miraculous thing. And you look to him and you trust in him and you believe in him and you open your heart to him and you say, Lord, you're the kind of God that I want to be Lord of my life. And you tell him that. And you, tell, and you don't just say it the day that you're converted. You say it every day. Lord, I want you in my life today. I want you to be Lord of this day. And I want you to be Lord over me. Well, Zacharias, he, what did he really believe? Well, I'm not sure he even really thought it through other than the fact that he knew he was old and his wife was well advanced in years. Verse 19 says, The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. I mean, in the presence of God all the time. Day in, day out, the normal thing Gabriel does is he's right there in the presence of God. And was sent to speak to you and bring you these Glad tidings. Behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And so, you know, the rest of that little part, just to say what the story is. So he came out of the temple and they go, well, what's going on? All these people out there. And, and he's, he's, you know, motioning and, and not saying anything. So they go, you know, he must have seen something in there. I wonder what he saw in there. <laughs> you know, I wonder how long it took to figure out what he saw. And so he departed to his own house. That's verse 23. And it says, after those days, his wife's, his, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. Now, you need to have miracle written all over that word. Miracle, miracle, miracle. Elizabeth conceived, and she hid her, which was a normal thing. When you, when you conceived, you hid yourself for a while. Uh, for five months, it says. And thus, uh, she says, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take my, away my reproach among people. Actually, the, the uh, Greek says among men. Yeah, the, you know, the men wanted the women to have babies. And so if you didn't have a baby, then you were a re, re, reproach to your husband. I'm just saying that so you know what's, what's really behind what, what's there. Well, so you go... On further down in the in the passage, by the way, there's there's 80 verses in Luke chapter one, 
Um, that's sort of amazing. Um, verse 57, Elizabeth, when time comes for the baby to be born, she brought forth a what? A son, which was foretold. Now, even my doctors weren't that good. I guess they have some more reliable means nowadays. You know, they do this. Well, they go to amniocentesis or something. Yeah, you know, so they they can sort of tell what, what the baby is before it's born. Now. But no, they, they knew because of the angel. All right? Realize that. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy, amen, Lord, great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. And so whenever we see, I don't care if they're a Christian or not, if you, when we see good things happen to people, we need to rejoice with them. And if they're not thanking God, we need to thank God for them on their behalf. So when you, when they're, you know, those, does anybody have any stinking neighbors? Henri, hard-nosed, obnoxious neighbors. Now, I have not, we had one potato Pete. One potato Pete. One potato Sam, I'm sorry. One potato Sam. He lived next to us in the Coventry Parsonage. And the reason we got called one potato, Mr. Schmeck across the, the uh, road, he says, yeah, he goes to the grocery five times a day and he must buy only one potato at a time. So we called him one potato Sam. And, and, and Sam didn't care, you know. But he was, he was just, yeah, three notches on the obnoxious scale. He was. But, you know, some really good things happened to Sam. And I was over there in my house saying, oh, God, thank you for blessing Sam. Because it is the goodness of God that leads where? To repentance. And so you just pray for those obnoxious people. You just pray, God, bless them. God, bless them till they can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, by the way, that's a good prayer. God, just bless them. Bless them out of their skin. Bless them more than they can, they can just hardly tolerate. Just bless them, Lord. Flood them with your fulfilling mercies, Lord. And who knows? Have you seen obnoxious neighbors come to the Lord Jesus Christ? We... I haven't heard anything about Sam, but I've heard about some other people that came to Christ because of the goodness of God. Well, so they are, they're all rejoicing with Elizabeth over this son. And uh, they, they, they rejoiced with her. Verse 59 says, and so it was on the eighth day they came to circumcise a child, which was, back, by the way, we're back at the temple to circumcise and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, no, he shall be called John. I go, oh, no, now we got a, a hard-nosed mother who's refusing to call him Zacharias. And, <laughs> and, they, and they don't believe her. And they said to her, there's no one in your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father what he would have called him. 
and he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying, his name is John. We're going to believe the angel. We're going to believe everything about the power of God to do this. I'm not going to doubt. And we're going to do what the angel said to call him John. And as soon as, as he wrote that, what? What happened? Yeah, immediately, verse 64, immediately his mouth was open, his tongue loosed, and he spoke, praising God. And fear came on all who dwelt around about. Hmm. You, you can read the rest of it. By the way, another good sermon, that's for another year, we're to save it. By the way, you do Christmas every year, I'm saving verses 67 through 80 for another year, just to let you know we're not ignoring it. We're just not doing it this year. You always save something for the next year. So that's, that's another sermon, that prophecy by Zacharias, and it sure could have been included, but for time's sake. Let's have, after the reading of the scripture and a little commentary there, let's... Uh, Let's have a prayer, and then I want to say some things about old people having faith. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come into this house and to declare the name of the Lord. Praise the name of God together. To be in the congregation of those seeking God. Thank you, Father, for every single person that, uh, that is here and seeking your face and desiring you, Lord. Yeah, it's not about the worship leader and it's not about the, the young lady playing the piano and it's not about who's preaching, Lord. It's about you. And we, uh, we are so thankful to you, Lord. Uh, bless us today. Bless us in the days ahead. Thank you, Lord, so much for uh, the opportunity to declare the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, whose name we pray, amen. Well, turn over to Romans. I'm gonna do three uh, little passages here uh, and we'll only go, I promise we will be done by two o'clock. I'm just being honest. Romans chapter 10, folks. <laughs> yeah, you know. By the time I get to heaven, my sermons will be five hours long. <clears throat> Somebody said, you really going to do that? I go, well, I considered it. Romans chapter 10, and it says something about faith there in Romans chapter 10. This is the key passage about faith as far as I'm concerned in the whole Bible. And here's what it says, Romans 10, uh, looking at verse 8. Romans 10, verse 8, what does it say? And what does the Bible say is what it's really asking. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. And then parenthetically it says, that is the word of faith which we preach. So if you're going to look around for faith, where are you going to find it? You're going to look at, at Elizabeth and Zacharias. Where are you going to find their faith? 
What is the evidence that they had faith? It was in their mouth and in their heart. 